supposed to be. So good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today in this wonderful day of paradise for you and me. It is, uh, tell you what, uh, it has been a real pain in the derriere this evening trying to get this to work and to stream out. Uh, I know Brandy's watching this evening, so my beautiful and loving wife. And if she can uh, double check the website for me, Brandy, make sure it's streaming out okay, because I've, I've had some trouble with that. But Brandy and I, we will be uh, married um, 19 years Tuesday. It's hard to believe that we've been together 20 years. And you know, I was only uh, 15 when we met, and uh, she robbed my youth. She was much, much older than I was. And and she, uh, like I said, I was only 15, and uh, her, her mother... Uh, forced her to marry me and uh, robbed me of my youth so uh, no I'm just just kidding but uh, no we've been happily married or at least I feel like we've been happily married for uh, 19 years uh, this Tuesday so I'm uh, trying to think of something special I can do for since I can't really go to a store with my compromised immune system and kind of afraid to order anything so don't know what to do so uh, Sharon Boy said, could not get it. Uh, oh, sorry. Dad don't like it when I uh, do that. He says, I feel uh, that I'm like uh, romper room. He said that when I comment, like Kyla says hello, and Kim says hi, and Sharon says hey, and, and I like to, and Juanita said thank you, and Juanita said happy anniversary, and Kim said that too. When I respond to that, he doesn't like it. He says it looks like romper room when she used to look in the mirror, and she would say, Hi, Brandy. Hi, Linda. Hi, Kim. So, I don't know. I never watched Romper Room. Don't know what really what that is, but hey, if that's, um, if that's where he gets his jollies, more power to him. So, anyway, I uh, hope everybody is doing well today. And um, if you want to look in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, I uh, meant to have this already looked up myself, but I'm uh, busy trying to get this working this evening, having a Bunch, a bunch of trouble this evening, so bear with me here. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me just take a turn there myself. Give me a second here. Come on. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. Let's see here. Uh, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of, our, of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And as me Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. So, um, uh, if you have any prayer concerns, please uh, put those on the uh, comment section here, or you can email or text me those uh, prayer concerns. Of course, uh, you know, we always want to pray for uh, Kim Penix. Uh, we want to pray for Ginger Hood. Uh, we want to pray uh, for Linda Feathers, um, uh, the Trivet family, obviously. Dad had a prayer request sheet this morning. I, I should have brought it uh, with me uh, when I left, and I did even. Rod just said that just now. Didn't even cross my mind. And Linda said Murph. Yes, definitely pray for Murph. And um, gosh, I feel like there was. Uh, hold on here. There was. There's some more here. Give me just one second to see now. Uh, of course, Darlene, uh, she had messaged me and uh, uh, 
Well, I thought she mentioned me. Oh yeah, she said her grandchildren and um, and uh, to keep her safe and for sure, because see, she has to go in different people's homes and she has a lot, uh, so she she's at a high risk situation where she has to go into people's homes and install cable and such. So uh, they would be praying for Angie Grissom and I saw where she had fell and, and hurt her uh, hand and, and may have to have uh, uh, we'll see an orthopedist. So definitely be praying for her as well and Doug Grissom too. So. All right, let's go ahead and be praying, like I said, uh, for uh, uh, for my dad and me, and uh, we're, we're high-risk uh, candidates for uh, this uh, this terrible virus, and so be praying that we don't uh, get this mess, and then I don't want to see my mother or either one of my grandmothers, my wife, my kids, my nephews, my niece, my sister, <laughs> I don't see anybody get that, I don't, I don't mean to, to and my mother-in-law, father-in-law, they always get upset when I don't mention it. I don't want to see them get it either. So uh, I don't mean to leave them out. It's just Dad and I, we're, we're, we're particularly susceptible due to our asthma and, and upper respiratory problems. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And Father, Lord, we just thank you. We love you and we praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to come together and meet uh, this evening. Uh, Lord, thank you for each and every person watching. And Lord, I just pray that you be with Darlene Barker and keep her safe and well as she's going into these homes, that you will uh, keep her from getting this uh, this virus. I pray that you'll bring uh, healing upon Kim Penix and bring uh, peace uh, to her household and her husband and strength for her and healing. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Ginger Hood and Linda Feathers and Merv. I pray that you be with the Trivet family. And uh, Lord, I pray that you be with my dad and mom and both of my grandmothers and uh, and our family in general, Lord, that you uh, keep us safe from this. And everybody who's watching uh, this evening, uh, that you will keep them, their household safe uh, and guard from this virus. And, uh, Lord, just pray to be with this nation as a whole. And, Lord, let, uh, let people come to know you before it's too late. And, Lord, uh, just pray that there will be a cure for this quickly. And, uh, Lord, you'll give us peace to get through this difficult time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, again, thank you all for, for watching this evening, and uh, uh, let's see here. There's a couple things I need to announce. Uh, now, Dad, um, he said, uh, if you those who watched this morning, uh, if you were uh, would be interested in doing the um, a drive-in service on Easter, weather permitting. Now, if it is uh, uh, raining, obviously, that's not going to work. Uh, so far, the overwhelming majority is for having that. So unless weather's bad, I'd say more than likely we will have that at 10:45 Easter morning. Now the uh, online service that Dad's talking about—I mean, I'm sorry—the the sunrise service uh, Easter morning uh, will just be online only. Okay, so just keep that in mind. That will be online only. Dad and I will will be doing the uh, Easter sunrise. And then at 10:45, uh, Dad will bring the uh, the Easter message. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if you want to um, drive in and listen, Dad will bring the be out on the porch, and we'll try to rig up some speaker system there uh, to where everybody can listen. Please stay in your cars. Don't be out. If we do this, don't be out inside your cars congregating and talking. That would defeat the whole purpose of what we're doing. This all right. So uh, keep that in mind. And. Um, I'm trying to think here. Of course, Wednesday night, six o'clock, we'll be doing the online service. I'll, I'll be continuing our message of study here, and um, I feel like there's something else I need to announce. Um, I might, Dad, or either me or Dad, one. I'm thinking about doing a little, little study on numerology. Here's some things going around on uh, social media. It's kind of got me concerned that people are sharing and 
I think it might be good to uh, to address that. So I might do a little separate study one night this week on that. And uh, appreciate everybody watching Brady and I's podcast. Uh, we do that every Saturday at six o'clock. Been uh, overwhelmingly uh, uh, the amount of people watching just blows my mind. I mean, we have four and five hundred people watching e- easily, and uh, it's been Lord really really blessed that. So I praise God for that. And and uh, oh, I know what it was the morning devotions. Uh, every morning around between 7 to 7.15, I do the uh, morning devotions. I do it on social media. Well, starting tomorrow, I'm going to, to uh, broadcast on the church website along with it. So I know there's a lot of people who don't do uh, social media, don't do Facebook or anything like that. So uh, starting at 7.15 every morning, now I might run a minute or two late because, see, I do my personal devotions before I do those. And sometimes when I'm spending some time in prayer, I kind of, sometimes I go over. But uh, uh, Lord willing, uh, I'll be doing just like I'm doing right now, 7.15 every morning. Uh, I will be broadcasting the, my morning devotions on the website along with Facebook. So those on Facebook, uh, 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 may may just have to see this old green screen, but if you go on the website, you'll see the uh, the church behind me if you're on the website. And I do recommend going to the church website as opposed to watching uh, Facebook because Facebook's bad about dropping. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. Well, let's go ahead and dive into tonight's uh, topic or our teaching rather. Uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3 and we're going to look at verses 7 through 19. All right, all you cool cats and kittens. And... Uh, uh, we'll turn to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. So I'll give everybody just a second to turn there in case you're sitting at home and have your Bibles and or devices and listening. I talked to several people, which is a real scary thought, that when they watch on the website, they can go to YouTube and watch it, and because that's where the link goes to, and they watch it on their television. So that's a real scary thought. Thought Mike Kisley sent me a picture not too long ago above his fireplace, they uh, got their TV and they were watching me and I thought, man, you don't want something that, uh, that ugly on a screen that big, so uh, be careful what you're doing there. <laughs> uh, Alright, so we're going to look at uh, chapter 3, and I'm going to go ahead and read verses 7 through 11, uh, 7 come 11, <laughs> but uh, 7 through 11 uh, first, and then uh, we'll, we'll proceed from there. Alright, so... Uh, Hebrews 3, uh, starting with verse 7. Again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And uh, again, so that we make it easier uh, while we're doing this study. Uh, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put to the test and saw my my works for 40 years, Therefore I was provoked with that generation, and said that they always go astray in their heart. They have not always known my ways. I swore in my wrath that uh, they shall not enter my rest. Get out here in a second. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer real quick. If our Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for that opportunity to spread the gospel message. And Lord, thank you um, for allowing us to all come together virtually and uh, to be able to study your word this evening. 
I pray that you will lead us, guide us, direct us, let your word uh, equip us, let it edify us, but most importantly, Lord, uh, let this message uh, glorify you. And Lord, uh, let us be used to serve you in a mighty way, humble ourselves, and come before you each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, that's one thing we need to do every day is humble ourselves uh, before God and come before Him in thanksgiving and praise. And, um, you know, that's one thing before I get started in this uh, that I want to uh, just briefly uh, briefly hit on for a second. Now, I've seen a lot of people on there uh, with, with, with high anxiety. So this, this whole situation it has their anxiety on top of their anxiety. And uh, one thing I, I just want to point out, remember, if you are a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, you know, we need to give over to God. It, it, well, ask yourself, is my trust and my belief superficial? Or do I have a deep down uh, 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 belief and trust and faith in Jesus Christ. If you truly believe, then you can, then when you look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to be anxious for nothing, all right, but prayer supplication, the request be made on to God, and the peace of God, as far as all, all understanding, regard your hearts and mind, then you should be filled with the peace of God. If you're still walking around being anxious and scared, then you're putting your trust in your own abilities instead of trusting God. And the reason why I want to point that out before we get started in this is I've been seeing a lot of this. In fact, I had uh, three different counseling sessions uh, online, uh, virtually, uh, this past week of people just dealing with high amounts of anxiety and fear. And friends, if you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, there's no reason to be filled with that kind of, uh, of, of fear because... You have to understand God, under he's, he's sovereign. He's in control of all these situations. There is nothing to be scared of. So let's give it to God and let it go. Why wring your hands over something you have zero control over? You know, uh, you sit there and, and you, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I, what's going to happen? Hey, give it to God, you know right? And he's going to take care of it. And he's going to give you that peace, stress, all understanding. So that's just been on my mind this evening. And I just want to throw that out to you just real quick. All right, so let's go ahead and get back to Hebrews here. Just felt the need to, to touch on that quickly. So um, we look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. All right, now, this is a direct reference from uh, Psalm 95, uh, verses 7 through 11. Again, we see those, those same numbers there. Uh, but uh, in Psalm 95. And, uh, of course, there's no point in reading it because it's, it's, it's a, a, a quote from that. But, uh, but what this is referring to is in uh, Exodus 17 and uh, Numbers 20, uh, 1 through 13. And so what was going on here was, uh, of course, Moses, you know, he had obviously uh, led the, um, uh, the Israelites uh, away from Pharaoh. And uh, it is, uh, well, when I say that, you know, when I talk about that, I, I still am amazed uh, and when they crossed the Red Sea, it just amazed me how uh, when the waters parted, that the ground was even dry, that they never got any water on them. Uh, you know, it's just the, the miraculous uh, of what God has brought, uh, brought the Israelites through and uh, how he led them. And yet they still wind around like a bunch of children all the time. And, and you think, well, gosh, what was their problem? Look what God brought them through. Well, then you kind of look at yourselves and you think, well, 
look what God brought us through. We still whine around. You know, Dad makes fun of me all the time because uh, when I was a teenager, things didn't go my way. I just, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I would slump down and I would whine and uh, be a big baby. And, of course, we talked to my wife. She would uh, say, I still do that. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, uh, it is, uh, if things don't go our way, you know, it's easy to praise God when everything's going good. Uh, but it's not always uh, easy to praise God when uh, things are not going good. And it's easy to whine and say, why, God? Why? Why is this happening? This isn't fair. Well, here that we're seeing this in Numbers. In fact, let's go ahead and look over here. Numbers chapter 20. Keep your finger here in Hebrews 3. Let's look at this over here. Numbers 20, 1 through 13. Let's look over here just real quick. Or it's a little easier for me because I already have it marked. But uh, Numbers 20, verses 1 through 13. And it says, And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zen in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and, and said, would, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come out, uh, out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. So, all right, so here, God, you would think their faith would be like way up here, all right, because of everything that God brought them through. But no, just the opposite. They're going to Moses, and they're whining, and they're complaining. There's no water. There's no way to grow anything. We're sick of this. Why do you just let us die? Why did you even bother rescuing us? I mean, you, you hear you got to think. Here they were under deplorable conditions, beaten and just I mean brutal how they were treated and and God delivered them used Moses to deliver them out of all these this, this horrible things uh, and, and revealed himself in powerful ways in, in, in regards to how uh, when uh, his uh, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and and uh, the things that God brought about in order to to, to change him uh, to let them go and still they come to Moses whining and complaining now when I see this here, I can only think about my dad and how he would act. <laughs> if a bunch of people, if he had been leading them all this time, and a bunch of people had uh, started whining and complaining, uh, he would probably um, uh, would not probably been as nice as Moses. But <laughs> he might have been. He might have been a little more understanding. But he's probably watching, so I like to tease when he's watching. But uh, but anyway. So they're, they're whining and complaining big time. So Moses and Aaron, as we go back here to verse 6 in Numbers 20, then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So shall bring water. So you... So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? 
And Moses lifted his hand, struck the rock, and with his staff twice, water came out abundantly. The congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses there, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Now, you may uh, wonder what is okay. What's going on here? What? Uh, why did God get upset? Uh, what? Why was He um, punishing Moses? It seemed like a little bit of a uh, uh, strict punishment to say, "Well, you're not allowed to go to the to the promised land." Uh, well, we look at those verses here. First of all, uh, when they humbled themselves before God and lay prostrate before Him in, in the tent of meeting, uh, God told them first of all to speak to the rock. But what did Moses do? Not only did he get mad, apparently his anger was way up here, he was really mad and upset, uh, which is kind of understandable with the way they were complaining in, 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 to Moses, and he called them the, the rebels, and he struck the rock uh, twice, and he um, uh, took credit for that. God still allowed water to come out of there, but see, he disobeyed God uh, in, uh, in several ways. First of you all, know, he didn't speak to the rocks he was told. He struck the, wall, struck the rock and took credit for what was going on. That's why God was upset. There was a time uh, before this uh, that, um, I think it was in Exodus 20, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look at it, it'll hold me to that, where he was told to strike the rock. All right, And that, there was a, that uh, God had a reason as to why uh, that he had Moses do that. But this time, he told him to speak to the rock. And why was that? To trust God. He wanted Moses to have complete... Here, Moses and God had been communicating. He had given him the uh, Ten Commandments. He had, you know, he, he had uh, this intimate closeness. But he wanted Moses to be sure that he is trusting God in all things. You know, and that kind of goes back to how I prefaced uh, this teaching this evening in the fact that uh, we need to make sure that we are trusting God in all areas of our life. You know, it's so easy to get upset. It's so easy to get aggravated. Maybe things aren't going the way you want them to. And maybe God is trying to speak to you in a certain way uh, to for you to, to remind you to trust Him uh, in these times, whether it is... Uh, uh, whether it's this virus and this isolation kind of thing we're dealing with or whatever it is that we're going through in our lives that uh, uh, he's saying just trust me all right just depend upon me but we get angry and take matters into our own hands and think that's how we're supposed to handle it and I think that is the very reason why so many people's anxiety and fear is up here because they're not trusting God see over here Moses you know he, he was telling he's talking to Moses he's trying to tell Moses that uh, 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 that let me get back over here to where I was at. Said okay, and so um, here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? So see, like he said, shall we bring water? He's not saying God is doing this. He's saying shall we bring water out of this? And Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water. See, God still allowed him uh, to for that to happen and allowed the water to come out, even though he disobeyed. Uh, even though Moses disobeyed God in that situation. See, uh, and, and you've heard my, uh, my dad talk about this when, in regards to God's will. Uh, there is God's ultimate will and there's God's permissive will. And there's uh, situations that 
God may not agree with, but he may allow to happen. But, um, but God's ultimate will, obviously, was for Moses to trust him and uh, to give God the glory for what was about to happen. But instead, God allowed it to happen, even though it wasn't his perfect will, still allowed water to flow. And, but there came a consequence because Moses disobeyed, because he showed a lack of trust, because that he um, uh, tried to take credit for what happened. He was not allowed to go into the promised land. They don't want to have to wander for 40 years. But here's the thing, that uh, in God's mercy, he still allowed uh, Moses to go to the top of the mountain and look down upon the promised land. So see, God wasn't so wasn't trying to be harsh and mean and, and cruel to Moses. He was still uh, showing mercy and allowing Moses to, to look down uh, and see uh, the future promise that was to come. But, you know, that's just it, though. We have to make sure that we are trusting God fully in all areas of our life. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning of this. Are we showing a superficial trust? Or are we, showing, are we having a deep down faith and trust? In fact, I've had several people say uh, uh, that, um, uh, or has not say to me personally, uh, but I've had seen several people put on social media uh, to, the fa to the effect of um, uh, not being able to sleep good. And uh, because they're so worried and concerned about what's going on, that's part of it. Some of it might be um, other things going on. I think some people are having trouble sleeping. In fact, made me think of um, uh, the uh, Clampets uh, because Mrs. Drysdale couldn't sleep. And uh, come to find out, she was uh, uh, resting most of the day and taking naps. Well, uh, well uh, the grandmother took her and worked her fanny off all during the day. And all of a sudden, Drysdale, she was sleeping all through the night just like a baby. Well, I think it's a lot of people's problems. It's not so much that they're worried what's going on right now, but I think a lot of people are isolated. And, uh, and so they're taking naps throughout the day, and they're being a little more lethargic than they usually are during the day and, and binge-watching uh, Netflix. And so they, uh, uh, so when, when bedtime comes, they're not sleeping. They wonder why they're not, they're not tired. But whether, it, again, whether you're, you're, you're dealing with a um, diagnosis that is uh, not good, uh, whether you're dealing with death, uh, and, and these are issues that I've had to address uh, personally with some individuals uh, this past week, uh, and, uh, or it's anxiety or it's fear, we have to trust God. That's ultimately, just as Moses here, he, we, sometimes we may be put to the test. And we have to trust in God. You know, um, just like a physician, uh, if he gives us medication and we have to trust that this medication will work, we have to do exactly what the doctor says to bring about healing. Trust me, I've had to learn that the hard way because I stay sick so much. If I don't do exactly what I'm supposed to do, and trust me, if I don't do exactly what I'm supposed to do, I've got a mean hairy father that will hurt me. <laughs> I've got a wife that's going to hurt me. So I have to make sure that I do exactly what I'm supposed to do to get better. And likewise, kind of like with this quarantine situation, if people would do what they're supposed to do, keep their fannies at home, uh, you know, we, maybe we can get some, some control uh, over this. But uh, just like a friend of my high school had on uh, social media earlier, so he drove by Lowe's and they were packed. And I'm just like, what is wrong? What does it take to get through to these people to stay home? If you do what you're supposed to do, maybe we get a handle on things and trust in the in the situation. And so, um, 
Yes, we can have faith that God's going to cure us. We can have trust that God's going to cure us uh, if we're sick. But we, God gives us the means and the tools to bring about that healing. Just like with this situation with this, with this virus. We need to trust in what the, what the doctors are telling us. What uh, our president is trying to tell us. Keep your families at home. Trust that God's going to protect us. But we still have to, to do what we are told. So make sure you're putting that proper trust in God. And we're showing obedience. You know, that's, what, that's what's called being obedient. In fact, uh, someone had on social media said that uh, I feel like now that I'm, uh, <laughs> gas is at an all-time low, and now I'm being grounded for all the things I got away with in high school. <laughs> it's because you're not even being stuck at home. But we need to show trust in God. We need to show that proper obedience in doing what God's Word says, having trust, having that faith. And in Him, and we can be obedient to God, how much more peace will we have? How much more uh, fulfilled would we be if we are being obedient and trusting God in all areas of our life? It's not easy to do because the flesh wars against the Spirit. And it is that constant battle between the two. It is, it is, it, 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 you're, you're constantly fighting. But that's when you have to put on the whole armor of God, pick up the sword, and be ready to fight at a moment's notice. All right, so now... Let's go ahead and move on down here to uh, uh, verse uh, uh, 12, if we may. All right, we're going to read verses uh, 12 through 14, and then we're going to go back and uh, look at that here in a little more detail. So, uh, Hebrews 3, verse 12, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, uh, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin for we have come not to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm the end as it is said and again uh, as it is said let me finish that uh, to be today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts in the rebellion all right now uh, and again, I've, I've seen some people just now uh, coming on here on uh, social media. I'm reading from English Standard Version, so you'll know what uh, where I'm reading from. Yeah, all right, now, Hebrews 3.12, uh, we need to make sure we understand this verse in, in particular in its proper context. It says, take care, brothers, all right? This could be, you know, we could be referring to this as, uh, uh, as Christians. Uh, Lest there be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Now, to look at this, this could be dealing with, uh, on the surface, on the surface, all right, people could use this erroneously to say that this is a, a one way you can lose your salvation. This could be dealing with uh, eternal security, uh, the, the perseverance of the saints. That this, if you read this verse here, it's saying that, uh, uh, that if there be any of you, uh, it's talking about Christians, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So is this saying that these Christians, that if they have an, uh, allow an evil, unbelieving heart, uh, that that can lead them to fall away from the living God, that that can cause us to lose our salvation? No, nothing can be further from the truth because once our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it is there. It is secured. Now, 
uh, when it comes to eternal security, when it comes to that perseverance of the saints, uh, some of you may have heard that that term before, uh, perseverance of the saints. Uh, that that comes from uh, uh, Calvinism. Uh, Tulip is, is the acronym for that is total depravity, uh, a limited election, irresistible grace, limited atonement. Uh, uh, wait a minute, let's see. Wait a minute. I got the I before. Let's see. T-U-L-I-P. All right. So total depravity, unconditional election, uh, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and uh, perseverance of the saints. There we go. All right. I can't spell with my acronyms this evening. But, all right, so when we talk about... Um, Perseverance of the saints. We're talking about eternal security. Uh, people could say, well, that could create a carnal Christian. That they think that if their, um, uh, their, their salvation uh, is secure in that situation, that they will just say, well, I'm going to go out and, and live however I want to. And that uh, it doesn't matter because my, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and, and I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter and I'm going to lose my salvation. Well, hey, let's hold on to that here just a second. Because if you have truly made a profession of faith, if you have truly accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you are not one to want to go out and be what is considered a carnal Christian. That you want to go out and you want to be obedient and that you want to serve an almighty God because you love Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you want to do the things that are pleasing unto God. If you have claimed uh, to be a Christian, and uh, you have um, gone right back out into the world, it's your question, uh, beg to question, uh, were, were you really saved? You know, in fact, I think it is in uh, uh, John 2 said that they were, uh, they were with us, but they went out from us. Uh, and, and, and so, in other words, they really wasn't saved. Or, uh, and, and, of course, God's Word also tells us, too, that uh, uh, they're in the end times, or in... in in uh, judgment, that uh, there will be people saying, but Lord, Lord, we prophesied in thy name, and we did this in your name. And you say, get away from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you. There are going to be people on the surface that uh, can claim that they know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, but if they're not bearing that fruit, or if, they're, if they're not showing a heart change, if they're not demonstrating the things of Christ, and, and they're just going right back into the world, then uh, that would beg to, to uh, uh, question if they were really saved or not. Uh, because those who are saved... Uh, we can look at uh, Romans 8, 28, uh, I think through 39, uh, that, uh, uh, that when those who are gods, uh, they, can, you know, the, they can never be separated from God. Uh, they can never be uh, pulled out of his, his, his mighty righteous right hand, that all things work together for good to those that love God, those who are called according to his purpose. That we see these things, that once we are gods, we are totally his, that nothing can, can, can pull us out of his, his mighty right hand. That once he is ours, that is, nothing is going to change that. But we, it, when we truly accept Christ into our heart and we have a true understanding of, of God's uh, love in us, then nothing is going to change that. And because we want to be pleasing, we want to be obedient. Just like my earthly father or my mother, you know, we don't, when you love your parents or if you love uh, my wife, I want to do things that, are, that will please them, that will make them happy. Why? Because I love them. I want to, to make them happy. Well, likewise, how much more does the Heavenly Father love us here on earth? 
And so why, why would we want nothing more than to be pleasing and an almighty God? That's what we should want to do. And so those who are truly saved, you will want to do those things. Now, let's try to bring this into a little more uh, clarification, if we will. Now, uh, we sit here in verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Now, I'm going to skip over 13 briefly, and then uh, we'll come back and hit that, okay? Uh, verse 14 says, For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Alright, so now understand this now. For we have come to share in Christ. Alright, so for, uh, we're looking at, we have, maybe saying uh, have is, is past, has come to share in Christ, if indeed, alright, we hold our original confidence firm to the end which is future so those who share in the things of christ those who share in the things of god if we hold on to those things or those things we have come to share past have hardened i'm sorry have uh, indeed have hold our original confidence firm to the end future we will we will take uh, uh be able to enjoy those things of god now how does this relate to verse 12 well let's take a look at this for a second for, all right, so there, you could argue here just a little bit. For, uh, we have, okay, let's just change this around just a little bit. For we have not come to share in the things of Christ, uh, if indeed we don't hold to our original confidence firm. All right, so when we say that, if we were not come to share, if we did not hold to the original things, we can bring that back around uh, to verse 12 there in regards to, uh, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So if we did not share in the things of Christ, if we did not hold to that original confidence, then we're not going to share in the things of Christ. There will be a falling away. Why is that? Because, in verse 12, if any of you an evil, all right, which is suicidal, which is just insane uh, to do these things, this evil, in other words, this evil, that, that we think that these, uh, that, that, this evil uh, is more desirable than the promises of God. Uh, that these the, these promises are are better than than what God is offering us. You know, because God is is I mean, because Satan is constantly uh, in our heads, and he's he's constantly uh, trying to twist things around, and he wants to make those things that are wrong uh, to feel good. Uh, you know, because you look at the world's standards of things. All right, when you look at what the the world is saying, the world is saying, "Hey, anything goes. Hey, if it feels good, do it. Uh, if you're attracted to a same sex, hey, no big deal. You know, that's that's hey, that's just how you are. And, and who is anybody else to question that? If you want to have an extramarital affair, hey, go for it. You know, uh, look at Hollywood. <laughs> the amount of, of movies and, and TV shows that when somebody's married, well, they just wasn't happy and they fell in love with someone else. Hey, no big deal. And they just, just totally uh, mocking the sanctity of marriage uh, in, in different ways. A perversion at all time high. Uh, you know, and so you see, the devil doesn't play fair, particularly when it comes to sin. No, we'll never be perfect on this side of heaven. All right, on this side of heaven, we will never be perfect. God understands that. And what we have to do is, is ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive us of those sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. But we have to continually try. We have to learn from those mistakes. We have to learn from those, those, those trespasses and try to build on that to do better. So the next time when you're tempted to sin, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's having to, to redirect. 
and say, you know what, I want to please God. And so instead of, you know, I'm tempted to, to watch something I shouldn't on television. And you know what, I don't want to do this. I want to do what God wants me to. And the desire is there. And you're thinking, no, I can't. And you just have to turn the TV off or, or you turn to watch something else altogether. Uh, or maybe just cut it off and read your Bible. Just some way to redirect so that you're not focused on that sin. You know, God's Word tells us that He will allow us a way of escape. And when it comes to sin, there's always a way of escape for us to, to find. We have to, sometimes it may not be immediately easy. Sometimes we may sin just like that before we even think about it. You know, and I, I, trust me, I, I am, I feel like the Apostle Paul sometimes, I am the chief of sinners. I feel like that's all I do is screw up and say something wrong or do something wrong. And, uh, and I'm just beating myself up tremendously for it. But, let us make sure that we are avoiding those things. We see here in verse 12 uh, that we are not being suicidal. We're not being insane when it comes to, uh, 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 to disobeying God. Uh, that we are being obedient. That we are trusting Him. Uh, because we don't want a, a hardened heart. We're not allowing pride and sin to fill us, um, to, uh, to, to pull us away from the things of God. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants to, he wants to cause that division uh, between us and God. He wants to cause it. So we have to be diligent and continue the fight. So when we see that here in verse 12 of Hebrews 3, that with this evil, that uh, we have to understand that the promises of God are far better than the promises of sin, that his reward, his peace, his joy, his love is far grander and better than anything that the devil could ever seem to offer us. And we need to keep that in mind because, you know, I know I've referenced this before, but it's just, you know, it makes so much sense uh, when you read about uh, Greek mythology and you think about Odysseus and how he had to tie himself to the mast and the siren song would dash the the uh, the ship to the to the shore. You think about the lotus leaves that that it was so pleasing that, that once they were there they never wanted to leave. How has that to me that just makes you think about sin and how once you're sometimes in a situation it seems so pleasing and that you may never want to leave, but that's because the God of this world has blinded you and you have to realize that the promises of God, even though this temporary pleasure is just that temporary. It is, is, will lead you down a path of death and destruction. We have to understand the promises of God are far-reaching, far better than anything that the old devil can make you think is good. So that's why we have to not focus on the things that are temporal, but the things that are eternal, that we focus on the things of Jesus Christ, His grace, His love, His mercy, His strength, that allows us to persevere. Here's that word again. We just talking about the perseverance of the saints. allows us to persevere, to endure, and to keep pushing forward. And that only comes with the love of Christ, that we are sanctified, that we are redeemed in the things, that we have that change of heart, that change of mind, that we want to please God even more than we ever thought possible. And so when we do that, going back down here to verse 14, that when we have come to share uh, Christ, and indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We have come to share in Christ. So we bring that back up again. We see here, take care brothers, all right, and to share. Now, um, oh, Dad said that the uh, live feed has froze up on the website. So, uh Hold on just one second here. I apologize, my friends who are watching here. All right, let me take this down. Sorry about that, guys. I hate when I'm right in the middle of, of uh, 
getting hot and fiery and have to stop. So here we go. Let me try this again here. Alrighty. I don't know why it stopped. Normally it's Facebook that freezes up and off that. Alright, let's try this again. Okay. Uh, now, uh, going back to uh, verse 13, as we skipped that just a second ago, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Alright, that, that's, that sin, because sin lies. Alright, obviously sin lies. That's that misleading uh, that we're seeing here, that we're not hardened by the things of sin. Now, uh, when we see this here in verse 13, but exhort one of you, or one another, as we see back here, but exhort, all right, we can circle that there, go back up to verse 12, take care of brothers. So how does exhort and take care of our brother Christians, all right, what we can do that, get out here in a second, but exhorting and take care of one another, in other words, and we see that there, that uh, every day, as long as it is called today, the Navy will be hardened. In other words, we need to encourage each other, that uh, we need to exhort, we need to uh, take care of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, to encourage one another. I think right now, with all this isolation and, and all this going on right now, that we need to take care and exhort one another like never before, so that we can encourage each other, so that we don't go down the path of sin and destruction, that we don't go down the path of of evil, that we don't believe the, 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 the lies of sin and believe the lies of the devil, that we're keeping each other accountable. You know what? Maybe we need to call each other, text each other, message each other on, on social media to sit there and say that, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, I just want to check on you and see how you're doing. And maybe that'll give an opportunity to, um, uh, um, sorry, his dad texted me again. Give an opportunity uh, to encourage somebody. Man, you know, man, give an opportunity to say, "Hey, you know, I want to check on you, see how you're doing." And that person can 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 respond uh, by saying, "Maybe you're that person." Say, "Hey, you know what? I've really been messing up here lately. I I, I used to have a problem with addiction, and uh, I've really with being isolated. I, I've really been uh, craving." that addiction more than ever. And that addiction could be anything. It, you know, it could be porn, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be smoking. You know, the addiction could, could uh, be a, a myriad or plethora of different things. And so they may take just that brother or sister in Christ to say, you know what, I'm really struggling. Hey, that's when we come together as a family because we see this again here. Take care of brothers, that family, that Christian family. We come together and we can pray together and say, hey, you know what, Lord, help this individual. Give them strength. Help them. Maybe somebody out there is, is battling depression. Maybe somebody out there is battling that anxiety. Maybe somebody out there is battling that fear. They, we need to exhort one another. We need to encourage one another so that our hearts will not be hardened, so that we, we, we don't go down that path of destruction. We don't want that hardness of heart that can result as, as a, uh, from not walking correctly uh, with Jesus Christ. And we need to be very careful about that because it's easy to do. It's a slippery slope. You know, that's one great thing I, I, I like that uh, my dad has said in the past that you, in order to backslide, you had to be somewhere. So I actually, you know, at least you, at least you know where you were at. But here's the thing: you could all God is always there. You know, you might backslide, but He ain't going nowhere. You may feel, you may may wonder. You know, just like uh, any um, uh, shepherd who's watching over sheep, those sheep may wander, and they may get on themselves in a in a deep place. In fact, somebody had on um, Facebook uh, this past week. It wasn't sheep, but it was a, uh, a newborn calf. They looked everywhere, couldn't find this calf, and wandered off. They looked and looked and looked, didn't know what happened to it. Well. 
for whatever, somehow there had been a, a sinkhole or something that opened up, and this calf was black, all right? And so they, they looked in there, first they didn't see it, and they shined a light, and sure enough, down in that, that dark hole was that calf. They couldn't get out because it had wandered and somehow fell in that hole. How much does that resemble some of us in many ways? But sometimes it's easy to wonder, and sometimes we lose our way, and sometimes we can find ourselves in a deep, dark hole. And the reason why I can relate to that is because I battle depression. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to, to have suicidal type thoughts, and you're in that dark hole, and you don't feel like there's no way out. There's no hope of rescue. And guess what? Here comes Jesus Christ looking for you. All right, here, you know, so God doesn't wait for us to reach up to Him. God is reaching down to us, and He's looking for you. And so here you're in that dark hole, and you're thinking, man, this, I don't know what I'm going to do. And here comes the light shining in there. But nobody else could find you. Know where you're at. God knows where you're at. And He shines that light, and He sees you. And the Heavenly Father picks you up and pulls you out of that deep, dark pit you thought was in despair and of no hope. Why? Because sin lies. Sin will distract us. Sin will, uh, will plague our thoughts and minds. It is that, that, that tool of the devil that wants to, to destroy what God has given us. God has given us the good things. And what uh, the devil offers you is an illusion, is a lie. And it makes it so appealing. It makes it feel like, well, this is a good, good way to go. But Jesus Christ is there. He's there to strengthen you. He's there to encourage you. And when you're in that dark place, See, there was a time in my life I was in such a dark spot. I didn't think there was no hope. There was no way out. And guess what? Jesus Christ was there. You know, I made mention of this the other night. I love that painting uh, of Christ reaching down in, like he's reaching down into the water. Because when I look back, that's what I feel like. Like Jesus Christ was reaching down as I was driving, pulling me up and pulling me out of there. And so, you know, that's what we have to look at here. That in verse 13 here. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, but exhorting, you know, encouraging one another and every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, so that we we can have that um, uh, to experience that love of Christ. And that's why it takes that family. You know, I think it's one of so many people are, are missing their church family. So many people are missing church. We miss seeing our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And uh, But make that point. Make that opportunity to call and check on other people. That's one thing I, I've been trying to make an effort to do. And, and if I haven't called you, it's either I haven't got to you yet or I just simply don't have your number and I apologize. But I, I'm trying my best to reach out to, to everybody in our congregation and just let them know, hey, we love you, we've not forgotten about you, we miss you, and we are here for you. And uh, that's why each and every one of you do. It doesn't take just me as a pastor. It takes all of us to work together. Because right now, that church family is needed now more than ever. Satan is, is trying to attack hearts and minds now more than ever. Because there's so many people out there who are lonely, who are hurting, and he is using this confinement. And when you have a lot of time in your hands to focus even more so on those problems, don't focus on the problems. Focus on the one who can solve those problems, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, like you've heard me say before, you can either feed those thoughts or you can fight those thoughts. And Jesus Christ gives you the tools and the ability to fight all right, so let's not feed it, but let us fight it. And, um, you know, once you start, uh, you, you know that, that feeling of depression, anger, whatever it may be, the addiction, as soon as you start feeling that, 
All right, you know, just like we're reading here when it's talking about uh, that evil. All right, that evil that that is uh, desirable and or seems desirable or seems better than the promises of God. When we feel that. Uh, those desires coming on. That's when we have to pick up the sword and fight and read our Bibles. When we start feeling that pull in that direction, that's when we have to purposely redirect, all right, and say, and that's why I say, worry about today. Worry about the battle today. Say, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. How am I going to make it next week, next month? How long is this going to last? Worry about today. Serve God today. And when you can serve God today, when you have those feelings coming on, you can say, no, Lord Jesus, give me the strength, give me the power, give me the ability to fight against these things and to do better. And when you can do that, you're redirecting and you're refocusing on what you're supposed to instead of going down that path and trail of, of destruction, which is so easy to do because when you get those things in your head, it's so easy to keep pondering on those things. And once you start pondering, it's just like a domino. You keep going deeper and deeper. They say, you know, you're super depressed, sad, or whatever it may be. But you can't, you've got you've, the path. You have to decide which path you're going to go down each and every day. And it's like that uh, illustration. I, and I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but maybe uh, it, it's, the Lord lays it on my heart to say it because you need reminding. That just like I was telling you about the illustration of the um, uh, drill instructor who uh, uh, he had the heavy pack on, they had to climb the mountain, and the pack is so weighty, and you see how high that mountain is, you're thinking, there is no way of getting up that mountain. He said, just focus on, the, on one tree up above you here. You get to that tree, focus on the next tree. And once you, before you know what you made to the top. See, that's what we have to do each and every day. Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on getting through that day. Just focus on that day, serving God. And when you get through that day, focus on the next day. When you get through that, and next thing you know, God has got you on that mountaintop. So that's why we have to serve Him. Exhort one another. Avoid that sin. Avoid that hardness of heart. Make sure that we are trusting God, that we're not getting angry like Moses did, but we are trusting God in all areas, that we're trusting and we're being obedient. It's not easy to do, but that's why we as Christians have to fight. We have to encourage one another each and every day. The devil does not play fair, but hey, guess what? We got the one who goes before, we got the one that goes behind, and we got the one that stands beside. We have God Almighty. We have Jesus Christ. And if God is for us, who can be against us? What can man do to me? So praise God. Let's take strength and let's take our hope and let's make our faith be mighty and full in an almighty God. And so praise the Lord, man. We got God on our side because, you know what, the devil may try to sock us out, but when he sees God standing there, he's going to tuck tail and run. Let's have a word of prayer. And then, Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you blessed us with. Lord, thank you for your strength, your might, your love. Let us not be deceived by sin and the evil that is out there. Let us always realize your promises are far greater than anything the world or the devil may try to tell us. And, Lord, let us always be trusting and obedient and serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Lord, for those watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us. God, and protect us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know what? I hope you all have a great week, a fantabulous week. And, uh, you know, let's just... Let's just Let's not worry about what's going on right now. We need to take it seriously, but let's just make sure we're serving God mightily with all of our heart, soul, and just 
take it each day as it comes and just just give it all to God. I know there's some people just now tuning in on social media. If you're just now tuning in, uh, just uh, realize give it a minute or two after I post this and you'll be able to uh, rewind it and watch it from the beginning. So, uh, hey, I'm going to sign off like I do every morning uh, when I do my devotions. And remember, I'll be doing my daily devotionals. I'll be streaming on the website as well as uh, the um, uh Facebook and uh, and again for those who are just now signing on, uh, you can rewind this when I finish posting it and you can watch uh, the message uh, from the beginning. So live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. Bye guys. Thank you.